Masechet Pesachim has been dedicated by Mr. Ike J. Shechebar in honor of his grandparents, Mr. Ike and Jeanette Bibi. We bless Mr. Ike Shechebar, who's been a sponsor of the Dafyomi for many uh, days. They should continue to enjoy success, health, and happiness. May his grandparents also enjoy much nachat from him as well as all their grandchildren and may they only share in semachot for the entire family. Amen. Daf Tzaddi Today's daf is being studied Le'ilun Nishmat Shilomo Ben Rivka Ruach Hashem Tanichenu Began Eden Amen Today's daf is being studied Le'ilun Nishmat Achim Baruch Rafael Ben Miriam and Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanichem began Eden. Amen. We are starting on Petet Amud Bet. Three, four, five, six, seven lines from the bottom. Tanur Banan. We have a Braita. Hamamne Acherim Emo Al Pesho Ve Al Hagigato. A person had a Korban Pesach <coughs> and he had as well a Korban Hagiga. And what he did is, he wants to register others on the Qurban. So what is he doing? He's going to sell them a portion. Meaning, he goes to a fellow, he says, I have a Qurban pencil over here, you interested? Yeah, I want to buy into it. So he pays him. So the Gemara says, that it's permissible to do, Ma'och biyado cholin. But the monies that the owner of the Qurban Pesach receive are non-consecrated. They're not Kodesh. Now, that is a Hiddush in itself. Because we're talking about a case where the Qurban Pesach was uh, separated already. It was Kodesh. Now, the fellow that took the money to buy into this Qurban Pesach also designated it as Kodesh. So... The difficult part of this Gemara is when you take money that you designated for Kodesh and you went and bought something that was Kodesh already, <clears throat> how does that money go out and become Hulin? Meaning, if the animal was not Kodesh yet, meaning it was not designated and somebody's going to take takes money and he goes to buy an animal to make it Kodesh. So we say that the Kiddushah on the money transfers to the animal and the money becomes Hulin and the animal would become Kodesh. In this case, however, we're talking where the animal was Kodesh already and the fellow that's buying into it designated his money as Kodesh to buy the Qurban, into the Qurban. So the strange thing is, why does the Gemara say that the money is considered Hulin. Hulin means that the owner of the Qurban Pesach seemingly can do whatever he wants with it. He could buy whatever he wants with it. It's just regular monies. So the Gemara is going to go in depth to explain this concept. The next deen, Vamokher Olato Ushlamav Lo Asa Velo Kelum The next case, a person that says a Qurban Ola well, for that matter, he has a korban shilamim. And he sells it, a piece to somebody. Meaning somebody wants to gain kapara from these korbanot. So he buys into somebody else's korban ola or shilamim. So it says, lo asa lo kelum. It's nothing. Nothing was done. The sale is not valid. 
Umaot Kolshen Yipelul Ndaba And all the monies will fall into Nedaba Meaning must be donated to the Bet HaMikdash To buy Korbanot for the Mizbayah So the Gemara asks Vehi me'achar delo asa velo kelum since you're telling me that you can't sell somebody a korban ola that was designated for somebody's ola, meaning somebody bought an ola for himself, to atone for himself. It cannot be sold to somebody else. The sale is invalid. So the Gemara says, since the sale is invalid, ma'ot daba. So then why does the money have to be donated to the Beit HaMikdash? If it's no sale, so the money should just be returned to the one that was trying to purchase it and finished. Why do we take the guy's money now and say no sale, you didn't buy the Ola, and that money now has to go be donated to the Beit HaMikdash for what we call Kayitz HaMizbayach, to buy Korban for the Mizbayach. So Amar Rava, Rava says Kenasa. It is indeed a Kenas, which means we are penalizing the purchaser, because we don't want him to do this again. We don't want him to go buy his kapara in somebody else's korban. And therefore, in order to penalize him, we uh, tell him that the money that you spent is going to have to be given to the Beit HaMikdash as a donation, and you're going to have to go buy another ola. We don't want this fellow going to buy a korban ola, uh, meaning to use somebody else's korban uh, for his kapara. Now, the question is, why do you punish the purchaser? I mean, seemingly the one that is selling is also just as guilty. So that she brings a mashal that the people say regarding the mouse. The gemara, the, the, that she brings down, amre inche, lav akhbara ganav, it's not the mouse that is a thief, but it is the hole that's the thief. Which means the mouse can't steal unless he has a hole to hide the food. So the same thing over here as she says. Which means the buyer or the one that's selling can't sell unless there's somebody that's buying. So therefore the buyer is guilty. And therefore, the Gemara says that the money is donated to the Beit HaMikdash. Comes the Gemara and says, Amar Ula ve'etima Rav Oshaya Efshar yad'e chavrin bablae ta'ma dehaim milta He says, I wonder, Rav Oshaya says, if the Tamidah HaKamim in Bavel can explain the rationale of the Braita that we just quoted. Why? What was their question? The first guy designated a sheep, let's say, for his Qurban Pesach. And the guy that wants to buy into it, he also designates uh, money to buy into it. So the animal is Kodesh, and the Money is Kodesh. So the Gemara says, How does Kodesh money fall on a animal that is already Kodesh? And then somehow the money becomes not sacred. Which means, like I said before, 
if the animal itself was Kodesh, was Hulin, then we understand how you take Kodesh money, and then the Kedushah of the money transfers to the animal, makes the animal Kodesh. But here the animal was Kodesh already. So the Gebarah is asking, how is it possible that the animal is Kodesh, the money was obviously designated for Kodesh, how does that money turn into Holin, and then the owner of the Kurman Pesach can do whatever he wants. So that's the Gemara's question. So again, this is Ula saying in the name of Roshaya, saying that he hopes somebody can explain this to him. So Amar so <coughs> comes along and says, Ilav de ukme rabbi Oshaya lehahi bimamne zona al pesho verabihi. So in order to understand this Gemara, uh, we need an introduction. There's one of two ways that we can explain the Braita, how indeed the Korban, uh, the money becomes Hulin. And how is that? One possibility is that the Korban Pesach, even after it is made Hegdesh, still remains somehow uh, holin in the sense that the owners can sell it. Meaning the animal is not fully hegdesh. But let's think about it. If you say that the animal is not fully hegdesh, then we understand if he sells a piece of it, that money is going to be holin. Now of course that is a very big hadush to say. When you make an animal hegdesh, usually the hegdesh goes through the entire animal. Uh, how do you say that an animal <coughs> is Egdesh but still remains the property of the owner in the sense that he has a right to sell it and derive full proceeds? But that is one option that the Gemara is going to entertain. Another option is, uh, which is more uh, usual to say, that the animal itself that is designated becomes Kodesh. The entire animal. However, the money that's paying, being paid, was paid with the intent from the beginning that it could be used by the owners for any purpose. So those are the two options. Either you say that there's a lashon of the gemara, it's a shiur in the korban, or a shiur in the kesef. Meaning, either there is still an amount of Hulin in the animal, which lets the guy sell it, and therefore the money obviously will be Hulin. Or the Yisrael, the animal is fully Hegdesh, it's just that the money that's being given is going to be given with the intent to remain Hulin. So these are the two options. Now again, the more logical approach to take is to say that the fellow, the purchaser, the money that he gave it was with intent that it should remain Holin, that the owner can use it for any purpose. However, Abayeh is going to come along now and say that if it wasn't for an interpretation of Rav Oshaya, uh, the way he explained a Mishnah in Masichet Temura, so he also would have explained our Braita by saying that the animal is totally Kodesh, but what? The money is Hulin because the purchaser had intent not to sanctify the money and therefore that the owner can use it for anything he wants. So that I would have said. 
But now that I saw the way Rav Oshaya explains a Mishnah, according to the B in Masichet Temurah, so I'm forced to say the bigger Hiddush. That what? That the Korban Pesach itself, which is different than any other animal, that what? The Korban Pesach, even though it was sanctified, it remains uh, the property of the owner to sell it. Now, what was this Mishnah in Timurah? The Mishnah in Timurah is discussing along the Torah that's called Etnan Zona. The Torah says, Lo tavi Etnan Zona umhir kelev bet Hashem What is this talking about? <coughs> Specifically, this is talking about, let's say, an animal that was given as payment uh, to a Zona. Uh, a fellow uh, went to the zona and uh, he paid her and he paid her with a animal for example this animal cannot be brought as a korban now the Mishnah in Timurah says that if let's say a person gave a zona an animal that was already hegdish he already consecrated the animal he designated the animal for a korban and he gave it to the zona as payment. So the Mishnah Sota, after quoting a pasuk, comes along and says, from a Gezerat katuv, this is not considered etnan zona. This is not considered payment. Gemara is going to quote a pasuk, because the Mishnah quotes the pasuk. Now, seemingly, why would you need a pasuk to prove this? It seems it would be quite obvious that it should not be subject to Etnan Zona. Why? This animal that was Kekdesh already is not the property of the owner. It's the property of heaven. And therefore, how could somebody or say something that doesn't belong to him? It belongs to Hashem already. It belongs to Kodesh. And still we have a Mishnah that comes along and brings us a Pasuk to say that even though it should be obvious that it's not Etnan Zona, we have a pasuk to tell us that it's not etnan zona. It must be that there would be a logic for me to think that it's still, it is still an etnan zona. And that's where the pasuk comes to uh, exclude it. And what's that logic? So Rav Oshaya explains uh, in the name of Rabbi that we're talking about a korban pesach. Now, we're talking about a korban pesach that was designated. And what did the fellow do? The fellow... Uh, as payment for zona, he, he registered the zona into the Qurban Pesach with him. Oh, so you might think that this is Etnan Zona. Why? Because of Oshaya says the animal itself of a Qurban Pesach remains Hulin. It remains the property of the owner to a certain extent. And therefore, technically, he can uh, uh, use it as payment for the zona, and if I might have thought it is itnan zona, because it's not totally consecrated tashem, and if I might have thought it is itnan zona, and that's what Mishnah Torah says, no, it's not. So that's what Abayya says. If once I saw the interpretation of Abayya says, once I saw the interpretation of Rav Oshaya in that Mishnah Torah that explains why it is indeed itnan zona. 
So then I was forced to say that indeed a Qurban Pesach somehow remains the owner's property, and therefore when he sells his chilek, that chilek remains chulin, I mean the money remains chulin, and he can do whatever he wants with it. Because if, if Rav Oshaya did not say this, there would be another way to explain that Mishnah Temura. I felt the outside. <clears throat> There's an opinion of Rabbi Yosei Gilili. Rabbi Yosei Gilili holds that a Qurban Shilamim, or we'll call them Kadashim Kalim, it remains the property of the owner. And therefore, I would explain the case of Itnan Zona is, it's a person of Qurban Shilamim, and he gave it to a Zona, the Hidush is even though it's considered the owners and therefore it's considered a payment to the zona, still because of the Gezerat Katuv, it's not considered Etnan Zona, and therefore you can bring it as a Qurban. So I would have explained the Mishnah in uh, Timura, like the Biyo Segilili, that it's talking about a animal that was Kodesh, meaning Kadashim Kalim, and I would explain the Baraita by Pesach saying, the reason why the money remains Hulin, is not because the animal is still Hulin, or still owned by the owners, I would say, no, the animal is fully Egdesh. And what's the reason why the money that the purchaser gives is Hulin? I'll say the second reason, because when he originally gave the money, his intent was that the owner can use it for any purpose that he wants. So basically, that's what Abay is going to say. Is I would have opted for that interpretation to say the Mishnah Temurah Zabiyosegilili and to explain that the Braita by Korban Pesach what the, that the money is Hulin, I would explain it that because the fellow when he gave it the intent was that the money should remain Hulin. However, however now that I saw that Oshaya explain that uh, by Qurban Pesach, the Qurban itself remains the property of the owner. So therefore, I have no choice but to explain that that is the opinion as well as why the money remains Hulin, because he's selling something that is his. Now let's read this inside. And we start. I'll start from the top line. <clears throat> now again, uh, we're going to read this inside. Uh, it's all one long piece, but basically that is the uh, introduction. Now we'll see it clear, clearer as we go inside. <coughs> the Gemara says, Amar Abayeh, If it was not for the fact that Abu Sha'ya established the Mishnah Timura, that talks about Etan Zona, Zona Al as talking about a case where the guy registered a so now for his Quran Pesach, the Rabbi, and it was following the opinion of Rabbi, and therefore the Chidush was what? That the animal itself of Qurban Pesach specifically is considered the owner's property. Therefore, I might have thought it's subject to Itnan Zona, because he's giving his property to the Zona. So he says, if it wasn't for that, Hava Mokim Bekadashim Kalim. I would have established that Mishnah and Timura talking about Kadashim Kalim, Baribad Rabbi Yosegilili, and I would go according to the opinion of Rabbi Yosegilili that says that Mar Kadashim Kalim, Mamon Baalimu. Because he clearly holds that Kadashim Kalim, for example, like Kurban Shalamim, is considered the property of the owners. Therefore, I need a Gezirat to tell me that it's not subject to the Tanzona. Aval, Bapesah, Lo Mishayir Inish. Abayas continue explaining. But I would say that when it comes to a Kurban Pesach, 
Lo mishayir inish. A person does not retain any part of the animal as his personal property. However, b'mahod vaday mishayir inish. But in money, certainly a person, when he, let's say, wants to register, he can, uh, let's say, uh, hold back that say that he wants the money to remain holin. Again, he first sets the money aside. He set it aside with that intention. Now, Abayah continues. And I would have explained that the Braita by Pesach that says the money is Hulin, I would say it's following the opinion of Rabbi. And the reason being, And because of this, the money is holin. Again, because a person certainly can make a condition by the money that he gives. So again, Abayah said, I would have opted for the lesser Hidush. I would have said that what? That the money uh, that was given was given with intent to be used by the owner. And therefore, the Kodesh never went on the money, even though the animal remained consecrated. And that which, uh, that Mishnah, that the Voshaya explained, meaning the Mishnah and Timura, that he explained according to Rabbi, Lo Mukmina Le'anak Rabbi. I would not have explained it like Rabbi, the Bepesach Lo Meshir Inish. Because by the Itnan Zonah, I would not have explained that that Mishnah is like Rabbi that we're talking about a Kurban Pesach. Because again, in a Kurban Pesach, the whole animal is consecrated. And therefore, I would have explained it. Like we said, it would explain the Timura to be going like Rabbi Yoseh Agilidi. So Abayir says, if it was up to him, he would explain the Mishnah and Timura like Rabbi Yoseh Gilili, and he would explain the Beraita by Pesach going like Rabbi and explain it that what? The logic is that the money itself is not Kodesh, but the animal is. Now, now we cannot explain the Beraita by Korban Pesach. Uh, to be like Rabbi Yosef, the Atana because remember in the second case of that light that said, Hamocher olato shlamav lo asave lo kilum. And if a person says his sells his korban shlamim, he didn't do anything. Now according to Rabbi Yosef, korban shlamim is the owner's property, as we explained. And therefore, since kadashim kalim belongs to the owner, indeed he would be able to sell it. So it's clear that in Albraita cannot be going like Rabbi Yosef Gilili. So therefore, the Gemara says, But now, once we see that Rabbi Shaya explained the Mishnah and Timura, that it's talking about uh, somebody that designates a Korban Pesach, he registers a Zona for the Korban Pesach, that we see in fact that the bee holds even by a Korban Pesach the animal does not become totally consecrated meaning it still remains his personal property in the sense that if he sells it the money is holding now that's the skeleton of the Gemara now the Gemara is going to bring the sources of what we just said my he did a bee what is this uh, opinion of Rabbi Shaya? Vietnam. Now we bring the Mishnah in Temura. Natan la Mukdashim be Etnena. 
if a person gave his ona, hegdesh, uh, as a payment, so it says, Hare elu mutarim. So these items are permitted to go on the Mizbayah. Ofot de chulin, if he gave, let's say, unconsecrated birds, let's say we're talking about, uh, we're talking about bene yonah, either let's say, uh, uh, young pigeons, or let's say a tor, or a turtle dove, which these items normally can be consecrated to be brought on the Mizbayah, but they're now all futholin. So he gave her, let's say, a birds that were unconsecrated, hare elu asurim. So these items become asur to be put on the Mizbayah. So again, the Mishnah said two things. Something that was hegdesh already, that was given as a payment, mutar, to go on the Mizbayah. It's not considered a payment of a zonah. Mashi'enken ofot of chulin, it can go on the mizbayah. I'm sorry, hadeilu asurim, it is forbidden if it was given as a payment. Now the Mishnah explains. Shayabedin, logic would have dictated the opposite. Uma imukdashim. And what when it comes to items that are hikdesh? Shamum posel bahim. That if let's say a something of hikdesh, has a, gets a blemish, so it becomes disqualified, which means we're very strict when it comes to Hegdesh. That a moon disqualifies it, but still what? But still, they're not subject to the disqualification of Itnan Zona, which means it's not Pasul if you give it as a payment of Zona, or fought. Regarding, let's say, birds, that as I say, a blemish came into the bird before they sanctified it, it does not disqualify the bird. The laws of Mumin were not said by birds, which means birds are more kula. Although also, the law of Mehir Zona should not apply. If by the stringent case of something that's Igdesh, Itnan doesn't apply, so by the lenient case of Ofot, although more so, it should not apply. Tamud Omar, Lechol Neder. In the Pasuk of Itnan Zona, it says the words, Lechol Neder, Lerabot Ita Ofot. So we have to get that to Katuf. That what? Ofot are subject to Itnan Zona. Oh, so again, I said, now go the other way. Kavahomer lemukdashim me'ata. Now I can make a kavahomer. What ma ofot shenamun posel them. If by the lenient case of ofot, by the kal case, that moon doesn't impact ofot, and still what? Itnanum chidach alalein. And you tell me that it's subject to itnan zona. That if that was given to a zona, it's a sur. Mukdashim. Something that is ekdesh. Shamun posel bahim. That hegdesh, something that was consecrated an animal, that it is subject to the laws of mum. That something that can be vowed is subject uh, to etnan zona, meaning a type of animal that can be used as a korban, as a neder. Prat nadur. To the exclusion of something that was already vowed, meaning that something that was already hegdesh. Oh, so now we got the Mishnah. The Mishnah is coming to say like this, that something that was nadur already, meaning something that was hegdesh already, is not subject to itnan zona. Something that is hulin, but that can be brought as a neder, it will be subject to itnan zona. 
Nafkamina, something that was Hikdesh, an animal, that was given as payment to a zona, cannot be, uh, can be brought on the Mizbayah. Because at the time you paid it to the zona, it was Nadur already. It was considered sanctified. Masha'enken, let's say a bird of Hulin, since it can be used as a Nedir, and at this point it's not, so therefore, it's going to be subject to it. Therefore, you cannot bring it on the Mizbah. It was used as a payment. Oh, so comes the Gemara and says, Ela ta'ama dekatav rachmana neder. The whole reason why you know that something that's hekdesh is not subject to etnan zona, because you have this gizrat katuv that says neder. And if it excludes something that was already nadur, that's something that was already sanctified. Without this, without this, because I would say that the law of Etnan even applies by something that's Egdesh. How could this be so? How could a person osir something that's not his, something that's Egdesh doesn't belong to him? Why would I even think it's subject to Etnan Zona? Ah, so on this, Amar this was the context of what Abushiyah said, what he said, It's talking about a case where one registered a Zona in the Qurban Pesach, and it is following the opinion of Rabbi, that says what? That says that indeed, we're going to say that the Qurban Pesach really belongs to the owner. It's a type of Hekdesh that belongs to the owner. And therefore, without a Pasuk, I would say that, yeah, when he pays it to the Zona, he's paying his money to the Zona. And therefore, this Qurban Pesach is invalid. Kamash no. Even though he's paying it to the zona, meaning he's registering her, still it's not pasul for etnan zona because of the gizrat katuv lechol neder. So now we saw where Rabbi Shaya said his statement. So again, let's say very quickly again. Rabbi Shaya was explaining a mishnah in Temura. He explained the Mishnah and Temura <coughs> that said, Mukdashim are not subject to Itnan Zona because of the Gizrat Katuv. Were it not for the Gizrat Katuv, I would say that Itnan Zona of Egdesh is subject to the laws of Itnan Zona. Why? It's not yours. Yeah, Rabbi Shah said, no, because it's going like the B's opinion. And the B's opinion is what? That Kurban is talking about Kurban Pesach. And the Qurban Pesach does belong to the owners. Oh, so once it belongs to the owners, I might have thought that when he registers the Zona, oh, it's like he's paying from his own. Therefore, it should be a suit. No. So that's what Abayya said. Once I saw Rabbi Shah explain the Mishnah Timura like this, that that's the way he's explaining it to be. I'm forced to explain the, the reason why the money of the guy that registered is Hulin, meaning by our Braita, is because... When he registers, uh, the Qurban itself is still somewhat, meaning the owners, and therefore when he sells it to the, uh, to the purchaser, so that money will remain Hulin as well. Now, comes the Gibran and says, My Rabbi, and the last point we have to figure out is, where is Rabbi's opinion? I mean, Nebo Shariah is saying that this Mishnah Temura is following Rabbi's opinion. Where do we see Rabbi's opinion by Qurban Pesach? That the Qurban itself remains uh, 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 unconsecrated to an extent. So the Gemara says, my Rabbi. Betanya, we have a Braita. And the Braita says, 
ואם ימרעת הבית מיות מיסה. Literally it means, if let's say the household is too small uh, to be uh, registered on this land, so then they need others uh, to, um, to register with them. But the way they explain this pasuk is, in this derasha, if let's say the people cannot afford the items, the people cannot afford the items that are necessary for the lamb. I mean, they can't afford the Qurban Pesach. So what does the Braita say over here? The Braita says, They can sustain the lamb from the proceeds of the lamb. Which means they could sell the uh, portions of the Qurban Pesach to other registrants and use that money to pay for the uh, proceeds of the Qurban Pesach. However, they can only sell it for things that are uh, necessary for the eating of the Qurban Pesach. Meaning, let's say the group doesn't have enough money for firewood. You can't roast Qurban Pesach without firewood. So the Hadush over here is, if the group is lacking monies, they can sell a piece of the Qurban Pesach and use the money for, let's say, uh, wood to make a fire. Velo mikah. But they can't use the money that they get from the Qurban Pesach for other pur- purchases. They can't just go buy um, other things. Uh, they can't go into business with that money. Rabbi Omer has Rabbi's opinion. Af mikah. Even he could take the money and use it for other purposes. Meaning even if it's personal. Shim en lo. Meaning if a person doesn't have money even for his personal needs, he can register somebody else on his Qurban Pesach. And the money becomes totally and Rabbi then says because it was on these terms that the Jews consecrated the Qurban Pesach in the first place which means according to Rabbi we clearly see that when one designates a Qurban Pesach it remains his property that was his original intent when he designated it that what? it remains his property that if he wants to sell it to get other registrants he can and the money remains his so let's pause here for a second at this point, we found Rabbi Shaya's opinion, and we found Rabbi's opinion. Now again, Rabbi Shaya is interpreting the Mishnah in Timurah based on Rabbi's opinion. So therefore, when the Mishnah in Timurah, now the whole thing is coming together. When the Mishnah in Timurah told us that an animal that was Hegdesh is not subject to Itnan Zona based on a Pasuk. Right? And if it wasn't for the Pasuk, I would have thought Hegdesh is subject. So the Bush says, yes, yeah, going like the B of this writer that we just quoted that says that by Qurban Pesach, the owner still owns it. Which means it's not fully Hegdesh. And what's the proof? Because the B said himself, if they're strapped for money, they can sell pieces of the Qurban Pesach, and you can use that money for yourself, for personal use. So then we see the Qurban Pesach still is Hulin in a sense that the owner when he did sanctify it, he sanctified with intent that I can sell it and use the money. Good. So that's uh, the interpretation of 
it was about a Kurban Pesach, and that's why I need a Pasuk to come and tell me still it's not subject to Etnan Zunah because the Gezra, the Pasuk of Nedir, Prat Nadur, and now the Hidush over here is that's why the money of the purchaser remains unconsecrated because he's buying an animal that belongs to the owners themselves, according to Shitat of Rabbi. <coughs> now, that is. One way of explaining the Mahloket. Now the Gemara brings a uh, different understanding of how to explain the Mahloket between uh, Rabbi and Tarakama. The way we just learned now is Tarakama says you can only use the money for things that are needed to eat the Qurban Pesach. Wood. Where Rabbi said you can use it for anything. However, Rabbi, Rabbi Zera, Hadamad, Be'etzim, Litzliyato. Regarding, let's say, to buy wood to roast the Pesach, Kulealma, Lopelige. Nobody argues on this. The Kevan, the Takantad, the Pesach, that since using the uh, money for something that's needed for the preparation of the Pesach, Kigufa, the Pesach, Dami. That's considered like the Pesach itself. Kipelige, the Mahlogin over here is Bemasao Maror. The Mahlogin over here is, can you buy Masam Maro with the money that you sell the Quran Pesach for to the registrants? Rabbanan Sabre, Rabbanan Rabbis old. It's a different act of eating, meaning this is not an item of Qurban Pesach. True, you eat it with the Qurban Pesach, but it's separate from Qurban Pesach. Therefore, you cannot use the money for Matzan Maror. Since it renders the Pesach fit for eating, since you eat the Qurban Pesach with these items, that is considered like the Pesach itself. Now, let's analyze for a second this opinion. This opinion comes out that even according to Rabbi, you can only use the money for Matsa'um and Maror. You can't use it for personal. Now, according to this interpretation, Tosfot says that will explain our Baraita that when it said the money is Hulin, it's going like Rabbi. The money is Hulin, meaning not for anything, but only for Matsah and Maror. That's the way I'll have to explain it according to this opinion. That it can only use the money for Matzah Maro. That's what it meant, the money is Hulin. And then I can explain already that the Mishnah in Timurah was going according to the Biyosei Gilili, and it was talking about Kadashim Kalim. And really, uh, the animal itself is uh, Kodesh, regular Qurban Pesach. It's just over here, you can use it for Matzah Maror. It's only in that respect the money is Hulim. However, there's another opinion. This is the opinion we said till now. And some say, no, there's no Mahlug by Matzah Maror. Everybody agrees. The because since these foods are needed to eat the Quran Pesach with it, is like considered as Pesach itself. Where's the argument? Let's say to buy a shirt with it, or to buy, let's say, a cloak. Which means, when the Pasuk says, uh, literally from being for a lamb, I mean, they don't have enough money for the lamb. The way they explain the word meyot is if it says which means you can 
sustain the lamb, meaning the proceeds can only be used to sustain the lamb itself, meaning the wood to make the fire, etc. Rabbi says, no, you can even sustain yourself from the seh. You can even use it for your personal needs. So because that we have a machloket amoraim, to what extent the machloket Rabbi and Hakamim are in using the proceeds. The first opinion says, Rabbi only allowed matzah maror, that was the extent. And according to the second opinion, they even allowed personal needs. According to Abayyad that said, If it wasn't for the fact that Abu Shaya established the Mishnah in Timurah, that's talking about where he registered a Zonah. On the Quran Pesach, the B found the opinion of the B. That says what the Quran Pesach itself is not fully consecrated. Have mukmina bekadashim kadim. He says I would have explained the Mishnah to him. I'm referring to let's say Korban Shlomi Vali Ba'adir Biyosigidi. According to Biyosigidi, that says Damar Kadashim Kadim Amon Ba'alimu. Avad bePesach Lo Meshayre Inche. But by Pesach, the animal, uh, the, 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 the people do not limit the sanctity of the Korban Pesach. I mean, all Korban Pesach is Kodesh. That's what Abayis I would have thought. Kibbutz says Haketani Behedya. But the B himself said in the Brayta we just quoted Shalmenat Kenikdisho Yisraelit Peschein. Rabbi himself said that B'nai Yisrael sanctify the Quran Pesach, it's on those terms that what? That it's not going to be fully called. They're going to still retain ownership to sell it to use the money. So how could Abi even think Rabbi holds otherwise? So the Gemara says, Ema she'amenat kenikdishu yisrael ma'ot pischehen. He'll have to interpret that statement that Rabbi meant to say is that the people when they consecrate their money to buy Quran Pesach, they consecrate on terms that they're going to remain chunin to give it to the owners of the animal. So that basically is the uh, Gemara's opinion over here. Uh, and just to review one more time, the Gemara's opinion basically here is that <coughs> the Korban Pesach uh, if it is sold, uh, the money is hulin, based on an opinion of uh, Rabbi that says the money is sold and can be used for any purposes, because when B'nai Yisrael consecrate their Qurban Pesach, they do do it on terms that the Qurban should remain their own, in the sense they'll be able to sell it and use the money for whatever they want. Uh, that is the way we interpret bottom line the plight of why the money is holy. That was the original question they gave about why is the money only? And the answer is, it's going like Rabbi's opinion. Again, that we only according to one interpretation of Rabbi, according to another interpretation of Rabbi, the money can only be used for matzah and maror. Regarding the Mishnah Timura, we said there's two ways to explain it, either like Rabbi or Sigilili, the Tchadushes, that even though Kadashim Kalim does belong to the owner, therefore you might think it is subject to Etnan Zona, because they're giving their money to the Zona, uh, the Kamash from the Pasuk Lechoneder, or we can explain the Mishnah there is going like Rabbi, it's talking about a Korban Pesach, and the Korban Pesach is the owner's money, and the Hadush is still, it's not a Etnan Zona, uh, when he registers a Zona on the Korban Pesach because of the Gezerah, of course of the Gezerah, the Katuv of Neder, Prat Le Nadur. And the Mishnah begins. Zav Shira'a Sheter Iyot Shohatin Alav Bashivi Ra'a Shadosh Shohatin Alav Bashimini Shelo 
Let's give just a review on the laws of Zav and Zava, so we know what we're talking about in this Mishnah. A Zav is a man that has an emission that comes from his body that renders him Tameh. According to the Torah law, if a male sees for two days straight, meaning he has an emission that comes out of his body twice, so then already he is Tameh for seven days. On the seventh day he goes to the Mikveh, at that point he's called a Tevul Yom, but he does not become Tahor until what's called He'arev Shemesh, until the evening. Now if a male saw Zavut three times, so now he has to wait seven days, he goes to the Mikveh on the seventh day, he waits till the night, and on the next morning, the morning of the eighth, he must bring Korbanot, sacrifices as a kapara. And until he brings his korbanot, he is called a mehusar kipurim. He is lacking kapara. That's the deen of a man. Now when it comes to a lady, there's a difference. There's a zava ketana and a zava gedola. What is a zava ketana? That's a lady that sees one or two days. In that situation, she only has to wait one clean day, and then she goes to the mikveh and she's tahor in the evening. That is called the shomeret yom, keneged yom. Meaning she only needs one yom, one she saw one day, she waits one clean day without seeing anything, and she is tehorah. She sees two days, she waits one clean day, she goes to the mikveh, she's tehorah. Then you have a that's a lady that saw for three days. Right, she saw three days in a row, so now she has to wait seven clean days, meaning without seeing anything. On the seventh day, she goes to the mikveh, and then she is uh, Torah, and then on the eighth day she brings uh, korban. Till then she was called mehusar kipurim. So our Mishnah is discussing now a zav in bringing the korban pesach. Now, obviously, when you bring the korban pesach, you have to be tahor. So the Mishnah is telling you a hiddush. Zav iyot. A male, Zav, he saw two times. Shohatin alab bashvi'i. On his seventh day, they can slaughter him the Qurban Pesach. Why? Because by the time the night comes, Lel Pesach, he'll be Ra'ui. Because already on the seventh day, the Zav goes to the Mikveh. So now he's just pending. So therefore, he'll wait until the night. Once the night comes, he can eat from the Quran Pesach. So the Hadush of the Mishnah is they can shohet for him before, even when he is still pending. When he went to the Mikveh, just waiting for the nightfall. Uh, if he saw three times, so then the deen is what? He has to wait seven days, and the eighth morning he brings a Qurban. That's called Mechusar Kippurim. So they cannot bring for him a Qurban Pesach only on his eighth day. Meaning if Erev Pesach fell out on the eighth day of this Zab, so they bring the Qurban Pesach for him. Why? Because really he's, he's Ra'ui. All he has to do is bring the Qurban and then he's Ra'ui to eat the Qurban Pesach that evening. Now we go to the lady. Shomeret yom, keneged yom. A lady that saw, let's say, Zavut one day or two days. Shohatin aleha basheni shela. So then on the second day, meaning on the day that she's clean, she goes to the mikveh. So if Erev Pesach falls out on that clean day, they can bring the Qurban Pesach and she'll eat that night. Well, let's say she saw two days. So then on the third day, 
which is the Shomeret Yom Keneged Yom, she keeps that day clean. If Erev Pesach falls out on that third day, they bring the Kumar Pesach and she's legitimate to eat on the, that night. The Azavah, Azavah means Zavah Gedola, meaning she saw three times. So now she has to wait seven days, and then she has to wait until the eighth morning to bring the Korbanot. If Erev Pesach falls out on the eighth day, of the Zavah Gedola, they're able to bring the Qurban Pesach for her. So that's the dream of the Mishnah. Now we go to the law of the Gemara. Amar Rav Amar Rav. In this name of Rav, Shochatin Vizurkin Al Tebul Yom Umehusar Kipurim. We see from our Mishnah as well that you can be Shochet to Qurban Pesach and make Zirikat Adam for a Tebul Yom. That's for someone that went to the mikveh during the day and still needs to wait until the <laughs> evening. Or mehusar kipurim. Mehusar kipurim means on the eighth day, where all she has to do or he has to do is bring a korban. We said you can bring the korban pesach. However, the end shochatin vezorkin al tamesheretz. But somebody that came through a sheritz. What is a sheritz? The Torah lists eight different type of creatures that when they die, they can cause tum'ah to a person. Uh, the sheritz is metameh, a person, av tum'ah. So therefore, uh, the question is, uh, let's say, what's the, what's the takarab, a uh, person that came in contact with a sheritz? It's one day. He goes to the mikveh, and he waits until the evening, and he is tahor. So the Hidush of Rav over here is that until he goes to the Mikveh, so he's not valid to shukhet the Qurban Pesach for him. Even though technically he can go to the Mikveh that day. But until he goes to the Mikveh, he's in the status of Tum'ah, and therefore they cannot shukhet, even though he'll be legitimate that night. But so long as he didn't, did not go to the Mikveh, Rav holds you cannot shukhet uh, for him. Now the Gebra is going to ask on this. The Gebra says, or the Gebra says, Ve'ula amar, Ula argues, Av shukhatin vizurkin atameshiritz. Ula says, no, even for atameshiritz, you can bring the Qurban Pesavim, as he will be legitimate that night. Lirav, so Rav, there's a question. According to Rav, my shena tebulyom de hazele urta tamesheretz name hazele urta. Rav, what's the difference between a tamesheretz and a tebulyom? Just like a tebulyom. You said you could show it from Quran Pesach, because it will be legitimate that night. So to a tamesheretz. It's the same thing. He'll be legitimate that night. Why are you making a hiluk? Why are you differentiating between a tevul yom and a tamesher? It's, it's the same dynamics. Kibra says, no. Mechusar tevilah. That's the difference. The tamesher didn't go to the mikveh yet. The tevul yom went to the mikveh. So the Kibra says, tevul yom namim mechusar yairev shemesh. The tevul yom is also lacking something. He's also lacking Ha'ilev Shemesh. The sun didn't set yet. So therefore, if you're talking about what they didn't do yet, they're both missing. He's missing Mikveh. The Tevul Yom, even though he went to Mikveh, he's still missing Ha'ilev Shemesh. So why is the Tevul Yom's Qurban accepted? Kamala says, because there's a big difference. Shimsha Mimela Arba. The sun sets automatically. Meaning, he doesn't have to do anything. 
which is when it comes to the Tevul Yom, once he goes to the Mikveh, it's an automatic. The sun's going to set, it'll be okay, she can bring the Quran for him even before sunset. Masha'inkin, the Tevul Yom, he has to do something. the Tameh he has to do something. He has to go to the Mikveh. We don't trust that he's going to go to the Mikveh because it's an action. So therefore when it's Talui in an action, then already we say it's not going to be legitimate for a Qurban. The Gibran says, oh, if there's an action that needs to be done, you don't make Qurban? Mehusar kipurim nameh? What do you mean? Mehusar kipurim? They'll say the man was lady on the eighth day. They did not bring the Qurban yet. Right? They have to bring the Qurban on the eighth day. And still we said what? Shohati vizurkin akhalim. What do you mean? They have an action to do. It's not like the sunset that's automatic, and still you said it's okay. So therefore the shit, the Tamesh really has to go to the Mikveh, we should say, it should be okay. It's not different than the Mehusar Kippurim. Kippurim says, no. Ha Mehusar Kapara Shekino Biyado. You know what we're talking about? The Mehusar Kippurim already, um, uh, metaphorically the Gebarah is saying, he has his birds in his hands. Meaning, he's got the birds already, all he's got to do is give them. Which means it's in his ability to do it very easily. Which means he's the person. They just go give them to the Beit Hamikdash, the Korban. Kamran says, "Tamesh sheretz name harem mikveh lefanav." If that's what you're talking about, the tamesh sheretz, the mikveh is in front of him also. Which means just as easy as you're telling me that the mechusar kipurim can bring his korbanot, can no be his birds are in his hands, but this guy's is mikveh. Tamesh sheretz, they go to the mikveh. What's the difference? So Kamran says, "Dilma pasha." That's the real Sevarav uh, Rav. We're worried that he's not going to go to the Mikveh. Until he goes, he might be negligent and not go. So the Gemara says, uh, Maybe the same thing. Maybe on the eighth day, the guy is going to be negligent, not going to bring his korbanot. How could you accept this fellow on the eighth day to, that they can bring korban Pesach for him on the... Uh, on the assumption that he's going to bring his korban, maybe he'll be poshaya, maybe he'll be negligent, just like you say about the tamish shiris, maybe he'll be negligent, he won't go to the mikveh. Kibra says no. Kegon de masinu lebeddin. We're talking about where he gave the money for his korbanot already to the beddin of Kohanim. What is this beddin of Kohanim? As the Gemara will explain, there was a uh, a box in the Beit Hamikdash. They would call that a shofar. There was actually thirteen shofarot, thirteen different boxes where if people had to bring korbanot, they would just deposit the money in that specific box, and you could assume very confidently that the boxes that needed to be emptied every day were emptied. Meaning, let's say a person had to bring a, a korban on the eighth day, he has to bring birds. So what does he do? He takes the amount of the money of the, the birds, he goes to Benta Magdash, he goes to the shofar that says kinim, he puts the money in there, rest assured the Kohanim are not going to be negligent. They're very diligent, they clean the shofar out every day, and they make sure to bring the korbanot for everybody that put money in that box. So therefore, while it's possible to say that a person who's Tamesh Chinitz will be negligent and not go to the Mikveh, it's not possible to say that the Kohanim are going to be negligent and not bring the Qurban. As the Gemara says, Uqtarav Shema'ya, the Amar Hizkiya, in Beddin Shal Kohanim Omdim Misham, the Beddin, the court so to speak of the Kohanim, do not move from the Beit HaMikdash, until the uh, money in the shofarot, in these boxes, are emptied out. So let's review. It comes out that according to Rav, a Tamesh Sheretz 
We cannot shuhet korban pesach for him. Why? Because gezerah. Really gezerah? Midde oraita, it's mashma. Should be no problem. It's just the gezerah you're worried that he might be negligent. Shemme yifsha. He might not go to the mikveh. Now the Gemara is going to challenge that. Because it's mashma again. According to Rav, Mideoraita, the Tameshere, it should be okay. It's just because of a Gezerah, the Rabbanan. So the Gemara says, Urav, Mideoraita, Mehzahaze, Mideoraita, according to Rav, the Tameshere, it is viable, he's okay. The Rabbanan, who the Gazrube? It's the rabbis that made a Gezerah, Dilma Pasha, that he's not going to go to the. So the Gibran says, Alama, what do you mean? Then why, why, Amarav, why did Rav say, Mitame'in ehad me'in besheretz? I'll give you the context of what the statement was made. We learned earlier in the Masechet that if you have the majority of Ami Sidra Tame'in on Erev Pesach, the Qurban is brought betum'ah. Everybody, even the Tehorim, everybody brings the Qurban. Betum'ah. That's a special deen of Qurban Pesach, Habba Betum'ah. So the Gemara had a case over there. Let's say you have 50-50. 50% of Yisrael are Tame'im, 50% are Tehorim. So what do you do in such a case? So the Gemara had an opinion, which was Rav's opinion, and he says, go to one of the Tahor guys, mitamehim besheretz, and now it's it's tilted on the Tamer side, now you can bring the Qurban Pesach, Mitumah. That was Rav's idea. Now, from the fact that Rav is telling you to do that, that must mean that Mideoraita, he is not valid to bring a Qurban Pesach. Because if the Tamer Sheretz, Mideoraita was mutat to bring a Qurban Pesach, how is that helping? Even though they were Metaherim, still Mideoraita is Tahor. He's still technically from the Torah side on the Tahor side. You didn't get him to the Tamer side. Ella must be what? That Rav really holds, if that was the idea, Tameh Tameh, one of the Torah guys, Tameh Sheretz, must be because he's really Tameh, no, Mideoraita. And that's why he tips the scales to the Tumah. So how are you saying over here, Smashmat's only Mishum A, Gezerah? So the Gemara says, Ela Lerav, Mideoraita, Nameh Lo Hazeh. The Gemara says, you're right. The reason why at Tameh Sheretz we don't bring the Qurban from him is not because of the Gezerah, Shema, Lo Yitbol. It's because it's assumed the Uraita, as we've proven already now, from the fact that that's the way you tip the scales of Am Yisrael to Rov Tameim. That you met Tameh one guy with Tumat Sheretz, now with the Uraita, he's not valid, so it tips the scales. Now, how does Rav know this? That someone that's Tameh Sheretz is indeed not valid with the Uraita. Ish, Ish. Now this is the Pasuk that's talking about somebody that was Tameh of corpse Tumah, Tameh La Nefesh, came in contact with a dead person, Tameh Meh. So he said that he cannot bring Pesach Rishon, because he's Tameh, he's pushed off until Pesach Sheni. Now, which case of a Tameh Meh are we talking about? Now, somebody came in contact with a corpse. Now we know that it's a seven day process. After he comes in contact with the corpse, he has seven days. They sprinkle him with the paraduma, the waters, on the third day of the process, and on the seventh day of the process, and then he becomes taor. So when we say over here, if a fellow is tameh met, 
he cannot bring Pesach Rishon, what's the case? What day are we talking about that he's in? So the Gemara says, Milo Askinan, aren't we talking Shechal Shvi'i Shelo Liyot Be'erba Pesach? Meaning, it's even talking about a case where his seventh day is Erev Pesach, which means all he needs to do is wait. Because he sprinkled on the seventh day, and all he needs to, and still what is the Torah saying? Pesach Sheni. And that's analogous to the case of Tumat Sheretz. Why is it analogous? Because the same thing with Tumat Sheretz. He has that day to wait, and it will be permissible that night. And still the Torah says what? You push him to Pesach Sheni. So therefore Rab's source that a Tomeh Sheretz is Isur de Uraita is on this Pasuk. I repeat the proof. The proof is from the fact that the Torah says, Ish Ish Nefesh. What's the deen? Pesach Sheni. You don't bring Pesach Rishon. What's the case of Tameh Nefesh? Erev Pesach fell out on the seventh day of this guy. So all he has to do is what? Sprinkle, he sprinkled away. He's got to wait till the evening. And still what does the Torah say? Wait till Pesach Sheni. Now isn't a Tameh Met on the seventh day similar to a Tameh Sheretz? Because Tameh Sheretz also on his day, he just goes to the and he waits. For the night, and still the Torah is saying, Pesach Shani, so therefore really Rav holds a Tamesh, it's not Gizirad Rabbanam. Really it's an Isur, Medeoraita. So the Kemarah says, Vechi tema, Mimai dehachi savarla. Well, the way the Kemarah should be read is, Vechi tema, Mimai dehachi. Who says that that's the proper interpretation? Of the pasuk, but I say savarla can it be itzhak? Because Rav holds like can it be itzhak? The Amar that said teme'e mit mitzvah hayu shechal shvi'is shelahem liyot be'erev pesach. That's what Rav Itzhak also learned the pasuk. That this pasuk was talking about not only people that came in contact with the corpse tumah, but it's talking about teme'e mit mitzvah, meaning we're talking about people that became tameh legitimately. Why? For one of their relatives. Which means a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, a son or a daughter, a spouse. One of the seven kirovim, that's already a mitzvah to be metameh. And what is the Torah telling us? That their seventh day of Torah fell out on Erev Pesah and still they should be pushed off. Now, how do we know it's referring to their seventh day? So Rabbi Yitzchak said, "Shereimar, velo yachelu laasot a Pesach bayomahu. They could not bring the Quran Pesach on that day. Bayomahu, who deenan yechodim laasot, aval lemachar yechodim laasot. Shmaza, we're talking about a case where on the that day they weren't able, but the next day, yes, that's the seventh day. The seventh day they're unable. The eighth day, yes, and still ve'amarachmana nidhu. And still the Torah says what." So from the word Bayom Hahu, we learn that it must be talking about a case of a Tameh Met on the seventh day. And still Torah says, push it off. So Rav learns from there. Who Adin, a fellow that's Tameh, Tumat Sheretz, also would be pushed off until the Pesach Sheni. Midday or Comes Gibran says, Tenan. We have a Mishnah. It's actually our Mishnah. Zav Shira'ah Iyot. Yeah. You have the Zav that he saw twice. Shochatin alav b'shivyai. 
So a man that sees twice, he has to wait seven days. But we say we can slaughter the Quran on Pesach for him on the seventh day. My love, de lo tavil. Oh, the Kabbalah says, what's the case? Maybe the case is where it's the seventh day where he didn't go to the mikveh yet. And then we can deduce from there that just like the Zav of Tur'iyot, that's on the seventh day and didn't go to the Mikveh yet. And still we're saying what? Shokhet for him, so to a Tameshirets then, on his seventh day, on his first day, that did not go to the Mikveh, Shokhet for him. Which is we're asking a question from the Mishnah against Rav. Rav, how are you saying that what? What do you mean? Don't we have a case in the Mishnah which is very similar to the Tameshirets? It's a Zav on, the, on his day, on his seventh day. We say what? Bring Shokhet. And aren't we talking about a case where he didn't go to the mikveh yet? So the Gibraltar says, no, the tabil. No, we're talking about a case where he went to the mikveh. So the Gibraltar says, e tabil, Well, if he went to the mikveh already on the seventh day, what is the hadush of the Mishnah? The Gibraltar says, no, I'll tell you the hadush. Hakamash ma'alan, the afagav de mechusari arif shemesh, kamash ma'alan de shimsha memela arva. Meaning, even though he doesn't have arif shemesh, since Erev Shemesh, sunset happens automatically, it's okay. So that's the way we're interpreting the Mishnah, not to make it a question on Rav. How? The Zav that saw twice that we're bringing the Korban Pesach for him on his seventh day is talking where he went to the Mikveh. Oh, he went to the Mikveh. What's the Hadush then? The Hadush is that even though it's not nightfall yet, but since nightfall will happen automatically, you can bring for him. Now the Gemara says, mm-hmm. And the Gemara says, it makes sense to learn the Mishnah like that. that the Zav that we're talking about went to the Mikveh already. Now, from the last case, or from the second case of the Mishnah. Let's say a man. A Zav saw three times. So then we said, you have to wait until the eighth day. If you can learn the first case of the, when he saw twice that on the seventh day he went to the mikveh, it's tarikh. That's why I need the second case of the eighth day. Why? I would tell you on the seventh day, you know why we can bring the Quran for him? He's not lacking any action. He went to the mikveh already. All you need to do is just wait for a nightfall. But I might have thought on the eighth day, he's mechusar, he has to be in Qurbanot. So therefore, I might have thought since he's lacking an action that maybe you cannot bring for him, kamash ma'lan, therefore the Mishnah comes to teach us, you can bring the Qurban for him. Meaning like this, if you tell me the Mishnah is talking about that the guy in the seventh day went to the Mikveh, the Mishnah makes a lot of sense. Because that's why you need two cases. You need a case where you show me the seventh day, and a case where you show me the eighth day. And what's the Hintushim? Like this. On the seventh day, he went to the Mikveh. So you're telling me what? Yeah, you know why you can bring for him? Because he, he doesn't have to do anything. He just has to wait passively until nightfall. Then the Mishnah comes along and says, Ah, even the eighth day, well, then you're bigger Hindus, where he needs to bring a korban, where he needs to do something actively, still, 
it's going to be okay, you can show it for him. So that we understand the progression of the Mishnah. You're telling me the smaller Hadush, and then you're giving me a bigger Hadush. Good, it makes sense. Ela, but, i'amart If you're telling me that the case of the seventh day is where he didn't go to the Mikveh, why then would you have to tell me the case of the eighth day? Why? If a guy on the seventh day didn't go to the mikveh yet, he's considered legitimately tame. And still you're telling me what? You can still show it. On the eighth day already, he went to the mikveh on the seventh day. The klisha tum'ah, his tum'ah is already weakened. Well, the more so you would be able to bring a Quran from, which means if you tell me the case is talking about where the fellow, the Zav on the Senate didn't go to the Mikveh, so then the case of the eighth day is superfluous, it's extra. Why? But if you tell me on the seventh day where he didn't go to the Mikveh, where he's Mamash Tameh, and still you tell me, Shatim is looking, because on the eighth day where he went to the Mikveh the day before, certainly, Eli, you must say what? That it's talking about the seventh day where he went to the Mikveh, and therefore he went to the Mikveh, the Hadush of the eight day is that even though he's still mehusar ma'aseh of korban, still it's legitimate as well. And if we have no question against Rav, right? Because the whole purpose we were bringing this was for a tumachiris, right? So if you say the case of the Mishnah Torah where he didn't go to the mikveh, it's exactly to the case of tumachiris. We're not saying no. Must be the case is talking about he went. To the mikveh the zav, and therefore no question against that. And we've proven why you have to learn the case that way. So Gemara says, Must be that we're learning the Mishnah correctly that the case of the zav on the seventh day, so he did indeed go to the mikveh. Gemara says, Lo. No, I can say not like that. I can tell you the Zav on the Sunday didn't go to the Mikveh. Well, so we had a question of what do you need the next case for? Mm-hmm. If we didn't go to the Mikveh, he's full fledged Tameh, you accept his Kurban, all the more so, accept his Spirit, all the more on the eighth day when he's more Tahoe, because he went already. You still need the case, why? I would have thought, on the seventh day, he's still in control. All he has to do is go to the big vet. He controls his own destiny. It's not in his control to bring the korban. I might have thought that the kohanim will be negligent and not bring. Therefore, Therefore the Mishnah is telling me, no, like we learned from Rav Shemaya that says, kohanim are zirizim, like we said, the bed din doesn't uh, pass a day without emptying out the shofarot of the kinim. So therefore, really, you have no proof from the Mishnah. I can really learn the case of the Mishnah was talking about the Lotavil, the Zav on the seventh day. Lotavil, and still you need the case of the eighth day. Because Lotavil is a little better. Why? Lotavil, at least what? In control. I'm in charge. I go to the big day myself. No one's stopping me. Mashiach, the eighth day, I might have thought, don't bring Kormak Pesach for this guy. Because maybe the Quran are not going to bring. 
Because since it's Tanui B'data Ha'ina, it's dependent on others. Kamash Tuan the Mishnah? No, like Rabbi Sarah, like Rabbi Shemaiah, that says what? You do indeed rely on the Kohanim. Now again, so the Maskanati Gemara should still be pointed out that Rav's opinion is that if somebody is Tameh, Tum'at Sheretz, it is Asur Mid'oraita to bring the Korban Pesach for him on his day based on Pesukim, like he learned, like Rabbi Yitzhak, Ish Ish Ki Tameh Nevesh, Vedo Ayu Echulim, Bayom Ha'us, whatever we know, it's talking about a Tameh Met on the seventh day, which is similar to a Tameh Sheretz on that day, and therefore it is not legitimate. We tried to bring questions from Rav against the Mishnah, and the Gemara was unsuccessful in bringing those questions. Comes the Gemara and continues. So they learned a Braita in front of Rav Adda Barahaba. That's a woman that saw three times. She has to wait seven clean days. On the seventh day, she goes to the Mikveh. And then she, I'm sorry, Zava and Shavi'i is, she saw twice. She saw twice, she waits seven clean days. On the seventh day she goes to the mikveh, and then she's legitimate to eat already? Korban. that night. So the Gemara says, Zava Amar le Zava mi Ah, so the Gemara is saying, is a Zava legitimate to eat on the seventh at night? So the Gemara is assuming we're talking about a Zava Gedola. Mm-hmm. Meaning we're talking about a Zava Gedola. Really she's not legitimate till the eighth day. Because she, she cannot eat Korban Pes until she brings a Korbanot. So long as a person is Mehusar Kippurim, as we're learning, you cannot eat Korban. So the Gemara is saying, how could you tell me that a Zava Gedola, you can bring the Korban Pes on her seventh day? She's not. Re'uyah. Even according to the opinion that says you can bring a korban for a tamesheretz, that's only because a tamesheretz will be valid to eat by night. But this zavagidola, she's not legitimate until the next day, till the next day, the eighth day, till she brings her korban. So how could you tell me that a Zavagidola you can bring the Quran Pesah on her seventh day? That's the Gemara's question. Again, a Zavagidola, when does she become legitimate to eat Qurban? In the eighth day after she brings her Qurbanot. So there's no way you can tell me she can bring the, you can bring the Qurban for on the seventh. Because the seventh by night, she's not going to be legitimate. So they're asking on him, what are you talking about? How can you tell me a Zavagidola you can bring for on the seventh day? So the Gibra says, okay, fine. Ema Bashimini. Okay, change it. Tell me that as a Vagidola, you can bring it on her eighth, eighth day. Okay, for we understand that now. Because all she has to do is bring a Quran meaning Erif Pesach fell out on the eighth day of this lady's count. Can they include her in the Quran Pesach? Yes. Why? Because all she needs to do is bring a Quran and she's legitimate that night. The Gibra says Pshita. Isn't that obvious? Kabbalah says, no, maybe I'll say, since she's, she didn't bring the Qurban yet, and maybe we're worried of the Qurban being negligent, and maybe the Qurban will not be brought in time, and therefore you're going to have a problem. Kamash ma'alan, kederab shema'ya. Kamash ma'alan, kederab shema'ya, that what? 
that really, like we said, the Kohanim are not uh, lazy, and therefore they will bring the Qurban. Okay, that's one way. Ravina Amar, Ravina said, Nida Tana Kameh. That when they were reading the bright in front of Ravadabara Haba, it wasn't in reference to a Zava, it was in reference to a Nida. Let's review the law of Nida. A lady becomes Nida, according to the Torah law, she is Timah for seven days. Now, the Tumah Nida for seven days, she doesn't have to have seven clean days from the Torah. She just counts seven days. Now, the only difference of Nida to other types of Tumot, she can only go to the Megveh by night. All the other Tumot, for example, Tumat Zav, Zava, I mean, in these other cases, they, have, they can go to the Megveh during the day, they just wait till nightfall. But Nida, she goes to the Megveh, and then she waits seven full days, and she goes to the Megveh the following night. So the Gebarah said like this, Nida, Anida, let's say, her seventh day of Nidut is Eid of Pesach. The Brayta says, what? You can bring for her. Now, the assumption is why? Because since she's going to go to the Megveh at night, and she'll be okay. But that's not so. Because what happens? Anida, when does she become legitimate to bring eat Korbanot? Not until the eighth at night. Because, let's, let's work it out logically. A regular Zav, let's say, or Zavah, she goes to the Mikveh in the seventh day, correct? Mm-hmm. Her Mikveh is in the day, so she becomes permissible the next night. But in is going at night. So she doesn't come permissible to eat Korbanot until the following night. So then the Gemara is going to ask, how could you tell me you could bring for the Nida on the seventh day? It doesn't, it's not going not gonna to hold. Amar le Nida b'shivi'i mi hazya? And Nida on the seventh day, she's that ui for Korbanot, meaning even by night she's not going to be that ui. How can you say if the seventh day of the Nida comes out of any pesos that you can bring for her? She's not going to be able to eat the Korban that night. Mm-hmm. Same logic. Even according to the opinion that says you can bring for Tumat Sheretz, that's only because the Hazi Urta. Because he can eat Korban Pesach by night. Nida Urta de Shivi'i, who the Tavla? She doesn't go to the Mikveh until the. The seventh at night, Ad Shemini, and she's not permissible to eat until the eighth. The Abda, Arab Shemesh, until the sun comes down, she's not. Here we are. Ela Ema Beshemini. So you have to tell me that you're right. Anida, you can only bring Quran Pesach for her if she's on her eighth day. Why? Because by night already she'll be permissible to eat the Quran Pesach. So comes again what I says, Pshita. Uh, isn't that Pashut? Why? It's obvious why. Hashta Uma Zava de Mersera Kapara Shohatim Vizorkin Alea Beshemini Nida de Lo Mersera Kapara Sirika de Mema de Shohatim Vizorkinan Ala? Very good question. Zava Gedola. Could you bring on the eighth day of us? Yes. Now, even though she's missing Kapara, she really needs Korbala. And still, you tell me what? It's okay. Bring for she's not lacking anything on the eighth day. She just has to wait time. So if you tell me that by a they can bring on her eighth day that she's me'usir at kapara. She shouldn't bring the korbanot yet. On the eighth day, what do you have to tell me? So the Gemara says, Hakamash Nida is Nida. There's a Hadush in the Nida. Why? Hakamash Ma'alan, Bashimini in Bashimi'i lo. Yes, there's a Hadush in the Nida itself that it's only on the 8th and not the 7th. 
to teach you when an Ida goes to the Mikveh. Because you might have thought maybe an Ida goes to the Mikveh like everybody else. On the seventh day, once the seventh night, the night comes, she's okay. Come on, no, no, no. Nida is different. Nida goes at night and she doesn't become permissible for Qurbanot till the following night. How do we know this? So you ask Tanya, like we have a Braita. And the Braita says, Kol tevilot tevilatan bayom. This is actually a Mishnah discussing people that have to go to the Mikveh on Yom Kippur. Even though one of the things that are forbidden on Yom Kippur is bathing, but this opinion is holding Tevilah bizmana mitzvah. That when the time of the Tevilah comes, it's a mitzvah, it even overrides Kippur. Also, therefore, all the Hibet Tevilah, for example, a Zav or a Zava, these cases, when do they go to the Mikveh? During the day, or a Tameh It's all these people go to the Mikveh by day. So therefore, on Kippur, by day, they'll go to the Mikveh. So again, call Hibet Tevilot, all the cases of Hibet Tevilot, where they're obligated to go, Tevilatam Bayom, Nida Violated. However, a Nida, or Violated, it's a lady that gave birth, Tevilatam Balayla. They would go to the Mikveh, Del Kippur, if there is seventh. Mm-hmm. The, the, the night of the eighth, meaning after the seven days, if it came out of Kippur, they go. This was Bizman Nehim. Detanya, how do you know? It says, But I think that the Nida goes to the Mikveh by day. Seven days she should be in Nida. What do we learn from there? And only after the Shiva is up. Then she goes to the Mikveh. She has to be the whole seven in Nida. Then she goes. The Yoledet et Kashle Nida. Now, a Yoledet, the Torah compares a lady that gave birth to a Nida. How? Because just like a Nida becomes Temeah, a Yoledet becomes Temeah. And the Torah says, Kime Nidat Tevota Tetma. That she becomes Temeah like a Nida. Also, we make a connection and say, just like the Nida can only go to the Mikveh by night, so to your lady can only go to the Mikveh by night.